You're listening to KDRT LP 95.7 here in Davis, California. Hello, listeners. I'm so glad you could join me today. My name is Lois Richter, and the program is called That's Life. Now, as you know, if you've listened to us before, I meet people and I get them to talk to me. (laughs) So I happen to be at the Maui Swap Meet in January, and I met this artist who was so impressive, and I hadn't seen her before. Now, we go to Maui as often as we can, every couple years or so, and uh, she wasn't there last time. And so I introduced myself, and I talked to her, and I asked her to come in the show. She said yes. So this is Christina McDessy. McDessy. How do you spell that last name? Um, So phonetically, it's spelled M-C-D-C, but correctly, it's spelled M-E-K-D-E-C-I. But I just tell everyone it's like Mick and then D-C, so Mick D-C. Okay. My parents, when they came, uh, my grandparents came across from Lebanon when there was a lot of wars over there, and it's really messy, but they just kind of did the best they could to make it into a, you know, English language word, and that's what we got, McDC. <laughs> so let's go for the first name. How do you spell your first name? K-R-I-S-T-I-N-A, Christina with a K. Christina with a K. All right. Well, Christina with a K, what do you do? What's your art? Why did I get so impressed when I saw you? Because it makes people happy. It's happy artwork. It's colorful and happy. And it's different. And I like to paint happy art. What kind of medium do you use? Right now I'm in um, watercolor, but I am primarily an acrylic painter. I painted for Disney and Nickelodeon. And so I'm very skilled in acrylic. But when I decided to leave my teaching job and go full-time into being an artist, I thought, well, let's start out with watercolor first. And I still wanted to bring that feel of acrylic in, so I saturate the colors really intensely. And it can almost appear to be watercolor. So I'm actually getting ready to start acrylic painting again also. So mixed media, because then I'll add a little bit of acrylic onto the watercolor and, you know, just kind of see what can do so you're painting on paper or you're painting on canvas uh, both paper and canvas so uh even the women of the world that you saw which were the earring holders that's an acrylic paint pour and then a watercolor painted face and then i cut it out glue it onto the acrylic canvas make the earrings add beads and glitter and so it's a little bit of everything it's like a hodgepodge of everything so i don't I don't know if that description will be sufficient for listeners, so let me see if I can try it. <laughs> I look around the, the, the tent. There she has a 10-by-10 you know, 10 10 tent in the festival area. And there were what appeared to be a painted canvases. Then the faces on them had holes where the ears, where the bottom of the ear was at the side of the face, and she had put earrings in there. And it was so cool because you could you could actually take the earrings out and wear them. They were real earrings. But every one was different. Every face was different. And then the earrings coordinated well, I guess you'd say. 
So where can people see this online? Since it's a radio show, they're not going to be able to see it here. So my website holds all my artwork plus that which we're talking about, which is the Warrior Women of the World. And it's at Maui Halia. And so you just spell out Maui and then you put Halia, which is H-A-I-L-I-A.com. Halia is memories. So it's Maui memories, but it's Hawaiian. So it's Maui Halia for Maui memories. And Maui is spelled M-A-U-I. Mm-hmm. All right. MauiHalia.com. Correct. All right. All right. So in addition to the Women Warrior things, yeah. you had other stuff there. What kind yeah. of other other artwork did you have there? Lots of paintings of sunsets, surfing, whales, turtles, uh, just everything that inspires me about living here on the island of Hawaii. Would you describe your paintings as realistic or fantastical or cartoonish or, uh, I don't know, how would you describe the style of your uh, paintings? Refer to as stylized. I was a graphic artist for so long. I did graphic arts for WB18, WKCF, it was a TV station, and Florida Today newspaper. And because I have so much graphic knowledge, uh, my artwork is almost stylized. So it's flat, but it has movement in it. And then the black lines kind of... And that's, yeah, it's it's not realism, but it's not surrealism. So it's just a stylized version of how I see the world. Cool. And when you draw these things, like I'm looking at your picture right now, and in the background, I see a whale in yeah. the uh, mm-hmm. yeah, going there. Now, do you have, have you met enough whales that you've got a whale in your head, or do you take pictures and and you go from pictures? Both. So both, because um, I surf a lot. I've surfed since I was 14. I was professional for many years. So I've been out in the water a lot. So I have close encounters with the whales and the turtles and sea monk seals, just anything you could imagine in the ocean. So I'll see something and I'm always framing the picture while I'm surfing, looking at the outline of the mountains and the outline of the water hitting certain areas like Molokini and Black Rock. And then I'll go home and I'll definitely use reference pictures to help me with the whale. Or I have a whale toy, which is uh, like a plastic whale that I always use to help me reference the size and shape and everything. But for the most part, the inspiration comes when I'm in the water. And then I reference things just to make sure I'm getting the correct um, proportions because I, what I've learned as an artist, if you learn how to do realism first, which I can do realism on my website, you'll see I've done real portraits. And when you painted for Disney, you had to paint anything they asked you to paint. And then I take it and I push it to surrealism, but keeping the correct proportions of the turtle and the whale and other things. Mm-hmm. That's a very professional way to do it. Yes. <laughs> taking, taking all your professional experience and then right. now uh, extrapolating from that and getting a little more creative. When Because you get to choose your subjects now. You don't have to right. follow what's no. separate. 
No, I can paint what I want. And the good thing is um, I'm tapping back into doing, there's a, a world of art that I, that I don't sell so much. It's more gallery work and it's also on my website. It's the quantum series. And I got inspired to do that from being a hypnotherapist and doing quantum healing and past life regression. And it's very um, surrealist. So when you see that, it does have surrealism in it. I have not, in my opinion, find that it sells as successfully as the other paintings. When people come to Hawaii, they want whales, they want turtles. But there's a whole other side of me that's very deep and intricate and almost bizarre and so those paintings will come out when the time is right and they are available to look at and it's a very it's a whole other side of my art (laughs) do you find that those paintings are connected to other things that you're doing i don't know if you're doing classes or you're doing personal person to person work or it's just personal growth or tell me about that spiritual part so um if you are familiar with Dolores Cannon she is a quantum healing hypnotherapist uh, she passed but I had a chance to train with her and I'm a level two hypnotherapist and her hypnotherapy takes you all the way to the theta which is past delta so you're very deep and like this almost wakeful dream state And the worlds that I've discovered that people are in are very much out of this world. Um, Other planetary situations, um, some people find themselves as rocks or bacteria or a tree. And it's really exciting to take them through this journey. And so from that, it inspired me to paint these paintings because there's so much more than just this earth. And so much more than just the reality we see, uh, there's a veil that's slowly getting lifted and we can see that there's much more out there that we can't see necessarily with our eyes or our eyes, but we can see with our third eye. And that's all started about 2010. I had always been into this stuff. Um, but living in Oahu, I got to train with some really amazing shamans. I guess we call them our Hawaiian kumus and um gurus and the people that i met is pretty amazing uh and so it opened me up to this world of beyond what we see and so that is a lot of my artwork that is not necessarily the most commercial um artwork that let's say can financially sustain me right now, but it does get painted. And it's it's almost my self-journey to paint through this because of the hypnotherapy sessions I've had with people and because of the things I've learned and the things that I've seen during journeys and studies, you know, I mean, I've been very blessed to meet the people that I've met and learn the things that I've learned. When you talk about the the worlds that people describe to you mm-hmm. um, and that it's something that you don't see with your eyes. So when you're going to express that in a painting, mm-hmm. obviously painting is paint or yeah. watercolor or whatever. I mean, it's, it's, it's pigment on paper. Um, yeah. How are you translating the unseen to a painting? So uh, it's 
almost as if those paintings are painted through me. So you said I was very professional in the other ones. It, it is it's very professional. My other paintings, I look at a scene, I decide where I want it to be placed. I decide what I want, where, you know, when it comes to these paintings, there's almost a struggle because it's painted through me and there are odd, you know, triangles and places that I wouldn't expect. And there's things in different places. So I paint, I let it come through me and I don't know if I'm actually painting it. I feel that there's something painting for me. And that's why there's kind of this struggle because I want it to look one way, but then there's this more powerful um, urge or impression or inspiration coming through me to paint it a certain way. And that's what comes out. And a lot of times I don't like them and I fight myself with them, but I, I just say, you know what, just keep pushing through and just <laughs> see what happens. And that's this whole other series, which is very, um, I would say trippy. It's kind of trippy looking at, you know, even when I look at it, I'm like, I don't even know how I painted that. So that's, it's uncontrollable. You find yourself needing or wanting colors that you don't have or that, or that are different. In other words, that, um, I can't get this color. It's, it's none of the normal colors. It's this other thing that is, doesn't exist, but that's the color I need. And do you ever find yourself reaching for things like, oh, pearlescence or, 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 or put in some some colors that change color as when you look at it or any of do you do you have to get beyond acrylics um yeah a lot of times i do and sometimes i have to collage things in and do layers and um add texture so it it's every painting in that series is uh, almost a research experiment because i'm trying like what's going to happen because you never know and it sometimes it works out sometimes it doesn't um but yeah that one like i said it's it's hard to it's hard for me to paint those because i can't paint them fast uh you know i have to take my time there's always a struggle is this going to work or not uh everything else i can you know do three or four paintings at a time no problem because it's very thought out and it's very step by step so you are inspired by someone's journey. Mm-hmm. And do you then connect that person with that painting? Mm-hmm. No, because um, the quantum healing hypnotherapy, uh, just like any other medical procedure, for what it's worth, uh, has the um, confidentiality laws. And so they're recording of the session they get the video recording they get the audio recording and then that's theirs that's it so i don't even listen to them again that's all i mean mean, when you make a painting let's say based on jt's journey do you then show it to jt no because um it would almost be as if i was using them you know for the inspiration they don't need to know you know, I see. I see. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, I was sort of relating to what you were saying about it being painted through you. Yes, and and, and I'm a Quaker, so when I go to meeting for worship, we mm-hmm. sit in silence and we listen and and meditate or whatever people do, 
And sometimes you'll get a message and, and will solve a problem that you have or, 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 or give you an idea for something or whatever. And sometimes the message, you haven't got a clue as to what the heck it is or why it is, or it has nothing to do with me. And yeah. so then you get moved to stand up and say it. And sometimes that's a message that is for someone else in the room. Mm-hmm. And so when you say coming through you, I, that rings really clear to me. Mm-hmm. But in our case, it's coming through someone in the meeting because the person who needs to hear it isn't able to get the message directly. And so somebody else has to, you know, stand up and share it. And, that, and then the other yeah yeah and uh, and when that happens it's a very powerful powerful thing to have happen especially when you're the recipient and you've been working on this problem you've got this thing or whatever and then somebody else in meeting stands up and says that and exactly (laughs) what you need and it's like oh wow (laughs) oh wow so yeah so i was just wondering if this if if maybe the message, maybe the painting is going to be related to by someone in the future who may need to hear or see whatever it is that you've put out. And so it may be that you have things that will just sit there for a while and then all of a sudden someone will come, that's it. Yeah, and and that's some of the, um, right now I think I only have four of the pieces left that were in that series so far. But when I was showing them, people would come up and they would describe. They, there, few people could tell me exactly what was going on. They knew what it meant, and I was like, "Okay, you know," because words and pictures can be construed in all different ways. Yeah. Yeah. So, just so folks know, because not everybody is up on this, what is or how would you describe hypnotherapy? So hypnosis itself is going into a part of the brain where you can turn off the pain receptors and you can go in and unwire um, the neurons that have fired together for so long. Quantum healing hypnotherapist goes even deeper. Um, it's the same concept. We go into the, um, gosh, I'm probably going to mess up these words. I've been so long since I've actually talked about it medically, but um there's the hippocampus and there's the frontal lobes and there's all parts of the brain. And we have these neurons that over time will fire together. So for instance, you've got two neurons over time that fire together when you have seen what you have thought the word love meant to you. Not the actual definition of the word, but how you saw it represented and taught to you in your life growing up. And that might be a good representation of love and it matches the actual meaning in the dictionary. But we know, unfortunately, some people don't experience love in that way and they see it um, in different ways. This is why the language itself is so miscommunicated around the world because we don't learn the language per se by the dictionary word. We learn love, we, all the emotions based on what we felt when we've seen it. And so let's say, for instance, you were a child that was mistreated and then you were, you thought that was love. And so forever you fired these wired and fired these neurons together. Um, and you don't understand why it doesn't make sense in the world. Are you attracting bad relationships? 
what hypnotherapy does, this hypnotherapy goes in very deep. It allows you to disconnect those neurons so that they're not continuing to fire together and to wire together. And so then you might, let's say we undo, we go in, we talk to the brain, your subconscious helps undo all of these knots or things that are networked together that are not networked based on true love, like truly unconditional God's love. And so it all pulls apart. And then you have a chance to almost rebuild yourself or refine yourself. So hypnosis is as effective as prayer, but even more effective than going to a psychologist who just listens to you. So they've noticed that the same neurons fire in the brain, the same um, vibration happens when you're in deep prayer as you are in hypnosis. Just a lot of people don't, as we know, pray, um, we'll say effectively or pray at all and truly believe it. And so I had a chance to do a lot of studying of the brain, how the brain works, um, I met Bruce Lipton, how the cells work based on the brain. I've had a chance to meet some amazing people to understand our connection with the brain, the spirit, and manifestation, and this world, and how this world is really uh, just what we per- what we projected out as our mind, and how we can change it. And hypnosis helps make that journey a little bit quicker for people, you know, especially if they're stuck. That would be my interpretation of hypnosis. Besides that, it's done some amazing physical healing. I had a patient who needed to have gastral bypass. And after two sessions, he went back to the doctor and the doctor said, you don't need to do this. So just to reflect why it makes sense for me to have gotten into this field. When I was very young and painting, I was painting uh, these images where there were these beings that were kind of orange and yellow and they had no, they had the form of a human body, but they had no face, you know, recognizable face or skin. And I, I always called them the healers. And I always, I had one looking up and it was like the power of the healing mind. When I was very young, I knew you could heal with the power of your mind. I knew the mind was very powerful. You can tap into a place in your mind and you can heal your body. And we now know that this is absolutely true. We've seen results of this all over the world. It's just hard for people to believe it. And so getting people's conscious mind out of the way through hypnosis and getting them into their subconscious mind allows them to tap into this healing power, whether it's healing emotions, physical healing, or, you know, just any of it. Uh, And that's kind of what I do when I do the quantum healing hypnotherapy. (laughs) Cool. Did you come to this through the physical? In other words, maybe did biochemistry or reflexology or massage or some energy work or something? Or did you come to it through the prayer side? Interesting you asked that. That story is actually in a book uh, called Messages of Peace, 2010, I think it was, or 2012. And um, I had just moved back to Hawaii from Florida. I knew I wanted to do something different, get into healing or get into arts or something. Found myself back again in the educational system, substitute teaching. And I thought, wait a second. I thought, you know, cause I, I, I have a clear connection with God. I, I can communicate here. Um, and so I remember saying, wow. What am I, what am I doing? I thought this is supposed to be something different. I was making a life change. I was getting out of education and I heard something say, Oh, you, you're going to know on Friday or something. So here comes Friday. I'm 
in substitute room, I'm teaching and all of a sudden I'm healed over with so much pain. We think we're, I'm having appendicitis. So I'm rushed off to the hospital and I'm like, I'm going to know on Friday, what are you talking about? So you need to know that prior to this time, I had been listening to Dolores Cannon as many of my healing gurus I like to listen to, but Dolores Cannon's theories and what she experienced were just reaching that boundary of uncomfortability. I just wasn't comfortable yet. You know, I believed a lot of stuff, but that one, I was like, oh, I'm not sure how I believe this. And so I wasn't really fully invested in it, which is just so you understand the backstory. So now here I am in the class and I'm in pain and I'm rushed off to the emergency room and I'm rushed off to the hospital to find out that I have kidney stones so bad that I have to go into surgery. And of course, I'm like, are you kidding me? You said I was going to know what the heck is going on on Friday. This is not the answer I was looking for. (laughs) Of course, you know how it is, right? You know, God's like, oh, I'm going to tell you. So what I learned is that when you are under anesthesia, your healers, angels, your group, your um, council, whatever you want to call it, God's people bring you up and take care of you while you're under anesthesia because your body is dead. They're doing stuff to your body and you are gone. And so when I was up there, I don't know what was said. I can't remember. But what I do know is when I came out and I was in the healing process of dealing with the kidney stones and everything, I started watching Dolores Cannon's videos again. And even though it still rubbed up against this wall that was uncomfortable, I knew she was honest. I knew she was telling the truth. I knew it was hard for me to believe, but sometimes the truth is hard for us to believe. And I said, you know what? I want to get certified to do this. I had no money. I was barely making it. A friend of mine lent the money to me. I was able to go through session one and session two, and I paid her back right away. And then all during 2010, 11, 12, I was doing a lot of quantum healing hypnotherapy sessions after 2000. So, I mean, I guess the result is God did through prayer and through physical simultaneously tell me I needed to do this because it was a physical thing that took me back to the place where God could clearly speak to me and say, Hey, this is real. Do this. We'll give you the money. We'll get you what you need to get it done. Um, I was published quite a bit during this time. I've been in a few magazines. Uh, I used to speak at Unity Church in Oahu, and lots of people came and listened to me talk about hypnosis and healing and cellular regeneration. And then I came back to Maui, and for some reason, I kind of put it aside for a little bit, focused on education again, <laughs> and then got back to the arts. And it seems like it's circling back again another time because now I'm starting to get clients again for quantum healing hypnotherapy. And I know that it's God's way because I'm not even advertising. I'm just allowing them to come to me. If they find my number and they want a session, then that's how it works out. Um, And just so you understand my first sessions we're all very out of this world. One of the most powerful sessions I did, and it was almost like God was saying, look, this is real. Listen to this. Let me show you. One of the most powerful sessions I had was an older man, and he was bacteria. He, I, It was hard for me to understand what he was when he found himself in his past life, but he was bacteria. And he went through all of the life cycles of bacteria, where it goes, how it was in this form and that form, and you know, became a bird, but then the bird got 
eaten by, you know, a fish and how it went up the chain of evolution. And I always listen to people's stories and without any judgment because it's their story. But there was a moment when he opened his eyes and they glowed this blue sapphire, bright light blue sapphire, like as if lights were coming out of them. And it was a dark room. We do this kind of in the dark, in the dark room. And I looked in his eyes and I didn't think anything of it. And then as the session was completed, he, um, he, you know, woke up again and I looked at his eyes again and they were just regular blue eyes. I don't, I didn't tell him that I, what I saw, but I know that certain things that I've seen and felt during the sessions are so beyond the normal human understanding, that I just have to accept it. And it was almost God saying, Hey, you don't know what you don't know. And there's so much that humans do not know. And it really was um, really awakening for me. And even if you don't know, that exactly. doesn't mean that God doesn't know or the spirit oh, doesn't know. I, exactly. Or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think if it, hum- it humbles you to know that you don't know what you don't know. You will never know what you don't know. And there's so many, the, the healing power, you know, Christ walking on water, levitate, all this stuff. It's like, once we can get out of our own way and believe that this stuff is true, and that's what it takes. It takes believing that it's true and you will see the miracles happen. And it is hard, you know, as you know, in this world today, it is, I vacillate between full faith and everything's going right. Miracles are happening left and right. And then a month with no sales, no money. And I'm like, what am I doing? You know, so there's this constant testing back and forth of how much faith can you have and having faith in the worst of times and having faith in the best of times. And it is just this ongoing cycle of just this ebb and flow of balance to be fully committed to um, God and that you don't know. <laughs> you don't know. Yeah. When you have some power or skill or connection that isn't that not everyone has so for example doing biokinesiology some people are able to do it with just they can only do it if they use substances so they can do substance testing or they can put a body in a particular position and they can do the positional testing but they couldn't do the um the yes no testing because they didn't have the the skill, the capacity, whatever you're going to call it, the gift, to be able to deal with that energy and understand it and and, and, and everything. When one does have that, sometimes there's a question about whether or not it's okay to use that for money. Or whether it needs to be just purely gifted and i'm not saying that this is the same thing because you're you're talking about having learned techniques and the hypnotherapy is a, is a skill and a technique and a learning but but do you ever get that that dichotomy how much is okay and how much is i should just give that away absolutely and that was um so that's a struggle that i think has been, how do I put this? 
So what I know is as we're moving into this new earth, this earth that is more godly, this whole idea of dollar and the economy and basing things on money is not going to be existent. And we, we're just, there's a group of people that we know that are holding back on allowing this to happen. We, the humans that are enlightened, have wanted this to happen for a long time. You know, I get my needs met, you get your needs met, and that's how it works. And there's no paper or coin in between us that uh, determines. And when that happens, one, there will not be such a skewed um, wealth, you know, high, very rich and very poor. It will be so balanced and equal. And so the people that have got the stronghold on this don't want that to happen. So so much of the time, I would like to give this away for free. At the same time, you're in this kind of, uh, we're not quite there yet. I've done a lot of trades. I'm getting ready to trade hypnosis for massages. I think it's, I love doing that. And we've, we've seen where little communities have sparked up and there's definitely this bartering system going on. And I feel that we're closer I feel that in my time, maybe when I get in maybe my 70s or 80s, it's going to be so much more of that. And then this idea of money transferring between people over things is non-existent. It's going to be just communities sharing needs, just like you would see in the tribal villages. They don't have money. They just share their needs. But it's breaking down a huge system to get that back again. So it's it's a good question. It's just uh, it's hard to answer because... I'm in the middle right now waiting for the environment to change so that it can become what it needs to be, where we're all sharing what we need to evolve into this new world where there's no greed, there's no anger, there's no jealousy, there's no need to steal. Everything is shared and communicated. And I, because I know several times, from several different people. I'm not from this earth. I came down here as one of the volunteers uh, and to help out. It's been a hard concept for me to understand how this world works because there's, yeah, I, I would question, I'm like, why aren't people just nicer? Why aren't, why does people like lie? Why are you being so greedy over things? And I used to test, I used to show people, I would take all these clothes that I love, go down to Costa Rica, go surfing, give them all away, somehow manage the one skirt that was so cute that I loved, but I gave it away, would show up at another thrift store somehow in Florida, and I'd get it back for a dollar or something. So I kept showing people, you can give everything away, and you will get more. I have so much stuff. I'm always trying to give stuff away. And the more you give it away, the more it comes to you. And it just baffles me that this is such a hard concept for people to understand that as you give, you get, you know, just, just that's one of them. There's so many others. So it, like to go back to what you were saying, it's a hard question to answer because I am fully there, but the world's not ready. We're getting closer, but the world's not ready. Yeah. The way I've dealt with it is that I did, I did massage. Yeah. And- and in massage, I would use the energy work during the massage. And I would charge for that. But yeah. if I was just doing muscle testing on someone to say, you know, what should you eat? Or, or you, do you have this allergy or not? Or why are you sick or whatever? And, and you can do that with, with other people, with yourself, with the animals, with someone who's, you know, lying in a coma, for goodness sakes. You, you yeah. don't. You don't need to have a 
someone able to answer to, to get that information there. But that part, I never charged for. And it, it somehow that felt like the difference. It was like, okay, I've got massage training. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this service. I'll include a little bit of, you know, energy yeah. work just because I, you do that in your life all the time, whether you know it or not. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, so that, but this was what I was wondering if you had if you had a, a park that was separate. But I'm hearing you are not. You are you are in a totally a totally different place than I was. So well, I still. I mean, you know, when I do charge for the hypnotherapy because I'm very intuitively driven, they get a lot more from it. You know, and there's. Okay. I mean, obviously, but if I could do it all for free, I would. If I could just paint and surf and do hypnosis and heal when I want and not have to worry about money and have all my needs met, that's all I need. I mean, there's not, for me, I'm satisfied with, I'm comfortable. And so I, there's no need for more. And so I'd be at a place where if I just had my needs met, I I would just be pretty. I have to create. That's something that I have to do. I'm a creator and that's something I have, whether it's earrings, paintings, the creating is very important to me. And um, sorry, I was just watching my birds <laughs> right now. And uh, if money wasn't a factor, I wouldn't have to work and I wouldn't have to even sell my artwork. It would be given if away. If money wasn't a factor, I would want to do little classes. I love I love doing doing artwork, and I love sharing with people the things I discover when I'm doing artwork. And so before the pandemic, I would have, you know, five or six people over, and everybody put in 20 bucks, and then we would we would have a little class, and I'd teach them something, whether it was a technique or, or using a new, new tool or a new medium or whatever, and it was wonderful. And that really felt good. I, I've been lucky to be in a situation where I don't have to worry about money. Um, I have enough. That's awesome. I would, still, I would still do classes. That's awesome. Yeah. Do you ever do, do, you ever do um, rather than just one-on-one hypnotherapy sessions, do you ever perhaps afterwards say, okay, if you want to, you can come to this thing and do I don't know journaling or 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 soul paintings or whatever do you ever do that um, I've been uh that's well remember I've only been a year out of the school system but that's part of the stuff that's coming so I've offered it to Grandma Leah and seeing if they want to have someone who teaches their youth or adults and then I had a lady who saw me at Grandma Leah and she hired me to come and teach uh her daughter and brothers and and I did a class with them and so yes uh that is something that's absolutely going to happen and I love teaching journaling oh I made my kids in the classroom we always absolutely no matter what you learn in the class you will learn journaling and what I would do as an art teacher was sneak in social emotional learning so they learn about where they are what they like what they like today you know where they feel they'll be and had all these kind of psychology tests that were fun but also allowed them to create so they could discover who they are because challenge is challenge in high school for kids to know there's so much influence coming at them they don't have the opportunity to find out who their authentic self is and then they go off to college and they're still not sure and then they're drinking and partying 
and we do them a disservice, especially in public education, where we aren't teaching them to learn really who they are, like what inspires them and what truly makes them happy. And so that was a part of my job as a teacher. I was always sneaking in the social emotional aspect in the arts. You might be interested in a a fellow whose name is John Muir Laws, L-A-W-S. Uh, his website is johnmuirlaws.com. And I interviewed him on my Birding with Lois show because he does nature journaling and he teaches people how to do nature journaling. And he's like done bird books and stuff like that. And it's fantastic. And on his website, he has an archive of dozens of lessons that he's done. Every week, uh, he has one for uh, journaling, nature journaling, and one for people who teach nature journaling. Um, and and they, you know, there's like, I don't know how many people show up, 20, 30 people, whatever. And he'll, he'll focus on something like, oh, drawing elephants or uh, whatever. Owls, that was a really, really beautiful one. But he isn't just, I'm the teacher, yeah. He is so interactive, and it's a community of people there. So he'll say, and what have you done recently? And and someone will show their journal or something like that. And uh, it's, it's fantastic. It's it's wonderful. And that whole nature journaling thing is just spectacular. So I encourage you to go to my website, which is birdingwithlois.global, and check out that um, nature journaling John Muir Laws is his name. That's exciting. I think it would be nice to, I think I'd like to start off um, hypnosis, a little hypnosis at the beginning, group hypnosis, and then journaling afterwards, you know? Yeah. Yep. That's really cool. Oh, my. (laughs) So you've done a lot of things. You've done a lot of things in your life. And now that you're back on Maui, you've got plans to do even more things. Right? Well, it seems like a lot, but it's really not. I mean, it's been a lot of surfing, a lot of art and healing and teaching, but teaching art. So, I mean, you know, it's kind of, it's, it's all, it's all kind of in the same realm, you know, I feel. Yeah. You're a unified person and therefore everything you do is part of you. Yes. <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> It's true of most people, and it is surprising how many people don't recognize it. Yeah, you know? right. It's like, well, yeah, of course you can be a, a award-winning cake baker at the Yolo County Fair and still be a dog catcher. That's you know? right. That's All right. You. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's one of the reasons I like to meet people and get them on the show and talk to them because awesome. then I get to hear all these things that everybody's doing. So what plans do you have for the next six months? Any any uh, new endeavors or any goals or anything you want to tell us about? My goal is to make enough money to where I can survive off the art and the art sales. And then I can expand more into doing my ultimate goal was I can do my art, do a couple of hypnotherapy sessions a week, survive off that completely, you know, be my own boss, serve, play with my birds and continue to create. That's, that's my goal. 
<laughs> you know, it's, it's basic and simple, but it's, it's, that's all I need. You know, that's what I want. Well, if someone wants to support you, if they want to um, buy your art or sign up for a hypnotherapy session or whatever, how is the best way to reach you? Definitely my website again. So it's MauiHaidia.com, which is great for the artwork. And I also have my other website, which is HawaiiHealingNetwork.com. And that goes directly into the healing services. So that's HawaiiHealingNetwork.com. And those are my two websites. Yeah. Right. Right. And you also show at, I know you're at the Maui Swap Meet because that's where I saw you. Uh, So you're at that festival. That's every week, isn't it? Every Saturday, I'm at the Maui Swap Meet in Kahului. And I am currently showing tuesdays and fridays at the grand wailea in the lobby in the morning and that's very nice also so there's about three places where is the grand wailea the grand wailea is in it's in wailea so if you went to kihei and you head south it's those it's a big beautiful hotel called the grand wailea just past the shops of wailea and you just go into the lobby, and there's about four or five artists there, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday. Yeah. You do a lot of galleries? I mean, do you do shows at various well, places? As soon as galleries like my artwork and will let me in, yes. But right now, <laughs> uh, right now, there seems to be a certain style they like, and I might be pushing against that comfort zone, <laughs> you know, to get in there. So. When they feel comfortable with my artwork, I know it'll be in there because I sell pieces of artwork. I do sell it and people love it. Canadians love it. For some reason, they love the colors and um, it makes people happy. I'm just waiting for the galleries to realize that also. (laughs) Do you ever do any shows that are outside of Hawaii? Not yet because... um, I'm not sure about that yet. I'm, I wanted to grow my roots here first before I let out into the mainland. So just taking small steps. So not yet. Do you find that the, um, now when you have your own website, rather than being a website combined with other people or an Etsy store or something that is, uh, easy to find. Yeah. Uh, Sometimes it's hard for people to find you. And, and if you can become part of, um, say, a cooperative of other artists or something like that and have a joint show online, uh, that's another, another way that people can connect. And I just, it's funny you said that because I just emailed a couple people today about that. So <laughs> that was right. Right in perfect timing, Lois. Perfect. <laughs> well, you know, life is like that. Things just sort of suddenly pop up and you go, oh, I guess that's what I'm doing now. <laughs> exactly. 100% true. Exactly true. Yep. And I, it's easy. I think when you understand how the world works and you just kind of follow the waves and the tides, you just have to be able to turn and you got to be able to turn back and it's okay if it turns you this way. I just said, I want to make money selling my artwork. If that's wholesale galleries or teaching art classes, I don't care how, as long as I'm creating and I'm making money to create so I can continue to create because 
If I'm not creating, I'm not a happy person. I have to be creating to be happy. Yeah. Yeah. I used to think, because um, if you ever go to the website and you look at some of the stuff I've done, uh, I would color all over suitcases and I, you know, board bags. And I thought, Ooh, whoever I end up marrying better be okay with this. Because if he leaves anything, if he leaves a suitcase out and it looks like a canvas, or if he leaves a surf bag out or a jacket out, there is a hundred percent chance I will paint on it. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Yes. Well, having talked about all sorts of things, it, it, I think it's time to bring on the birds. Oh, my so, <laughs> Tell us what you have, why you have them, how many you have, and where they are. So I have um, three cockatiels and three bungees. And the reason why I have the cockatiels, because I was going to get a dog, is one of my students at Lahaina Luna, Nisha, beautiful, beautiful student, smart girl, great artist. She used to bring in pictures of her birds. And I was like, oh my God, you're so cute. And then something happened where she had moved back to Mexico. And of course I said, oh, what are you going to do with the birds? She's like, I don't know. And I, you should come see them. And I said, okay, I'll come see them. That right there was, that was my downfall. So I went to see the birds and of course they just jumped on my shoulders and they were super cute and loving. And I thought, okay, I'll take two of them. She's like, no, all or nothing. I'm like, all or nothing. I'll take three of them. She's like, you have to take Oscar. You have to take Gray and you have to take Olivia. And so I took them all. And then I got a little crazy. And then I started saving birds from the pound, which added in three bungees, Nico, Indigo, and Penelope. Because, well... I can show you. When you have a cage this big, Christina, Christina, you can't do that because I have to have your voice at the microphone. Oh, okay. It's a radio show. I'm so sorry. So you can show them to me by by moving around, but you have to keep your face in the in the mic. Okay, I'll keep the face here. So this is a four by eight bird aviary aviary. How do we say it? Aviary. Uh, which my friend built out because, you know, I, you know, I spoil my animals. And these are my babies. Come here. This is Oscar. He's on my shoulder. He will be. Come on. And this is Gray. Oops. Come here, Gray. And Oscar. Hi. And, and what kind of birds are those? Cockatiels. Cockatiels. Okay. Yeah. And then the bungees are right here. This is Nico. He just flew around. And Nico has two girlfriends. He's got um, up there, he's got, that's Penelope. And this is his other girlfriend, Indigo, right there. Oh, <laughs> so do all six of the birds get along? Um, yes, though. Oscar here, he's kind of moody, and Indigo likes to pick on him. Where's the camera? Indigo likes to pick on him. Also, Indigo likes to bother Olivia, who's right here. Um, but yeah, they, they, for the most part, get along. There's little squabbles, but they like each other. They're all sitting right there. Beautiful. Yeah, they're my babies. I got a little bird crazy. What can I say? <laughs> when did you get your birds? Oh, gosh. Oh, How long have you had Oscar? That's the real question. 
Oh, Oscar, I've had, I want to say eight years. So, yeah. Yep. But they they are so happy. They're happy birds. Um, but, yeah, I, it, I think there's a saying about cockatiels. It's like a potato chip. You just can't have one. And that's what <laughs> And then, of course, I feel when I'm saving them from the pound, I feel like I'm doing some good because I'm saving, oh, yeah. you know. And so that's, that's yeah. And I, at my, my one roommate, she goes, I'm going to leave and I'm going to come back and you're going to have more birds. I'm like, no, I'm trying to control myself at six and not collect any more birds. However, if a bird flies down and needs my assistance, I will help that bird, you know. So... Do you think that the, uh, are you calling them bungees? Bungees? Yeah, they're little teeny parakeets. Um, do you think that those three might find a different home at some point? There might be somebody who needs those three birds together? I don't know. If somebody asks me, maybe. If somebody needs them. No one's asked for them yet. Usually people, they give up birds a lot here, you know? Mm. But if they did, I think they're going to be making babies, so... There might be. Are you trying to get rid of three of my birds? What's happening here? No, no, no. I'm just, they seem to be triplets. The three cockatiels and the three budgies. There seem yeah. to be two, two little, little trios there. And I was just wondering, since you saved birds from the, from the pound, yes. if you were thinking that you'd save those birds and, and find a home for them, and then you'd save some other and find a home for them, and you know, I didn't know. I was so I was asking. Right now I'm attached to them. So, I mean, they're just so cute. I don't know if I can give them up. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. That's a good question. You don't have to, isn't it? What's that? It's a good thing you don't have to give them up. I don't. I don't. They have a beautiful home and they like living here. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, other than... A- birds have you had other pets i've had a dog it was my surfing dog her name was renly she used to sit in the car with me and go surfing with me and then when she was on the beach i'd put her underneath her umbrella and then a lot of times my friends would say there's your dog i'm like yeah i know she's under the umbrella she's no there's your dog and she would just paddle out to the waves to come see me Uh, (laughs) I had her until she died, and she was she was my surfing dog. Yeah, that's cool. That's yeah, cool. dogs and birds. I like the birds better, though. I I'll, I'll be honest. I didn't know I'd like them so much. They have amazing personalities, and they're they let you know they're they're sassy, but they're cute, you know, and they're just fascinating. <laughs> well, we're running out of time for the show, okay. so Sorry. is there any? last words that you can think you would like to leave with our listeners? Um, Just, you know, believe that whatever you want to do, you can make happen. And you might want to give up because it does get challenging sometimes, but just keep going, you know, push through and trust it'll work out. And I say that even when it doesn't feel like it will work out, you still have to trust it. And that is the most challenging thing. But when you can get past that and trust, regardless of what the situation is, your life will be just beautiful and full of miracles. I like that. Life is full of miracles. Yeah. 
Well, thank you for being with us today. And my guest again has been Christina. McDeasy. McDeasy. Yes. And uh, my name is Lois Richter. The program is That's Life. You have been listening to KDRT LP 95.7 here in Davis, California, streaming live on the internet, kdrt.org. And that's where we have archives of all of our shows. So thanks for being here, and I hope you will join me again sometime. Awesome. I can't believe you were doing this and you're still in Maui. I thought you would be back in California. No. Hey, a Zoom meeting can be anywhere. So here I am. That's true. That's really cool. Well, it was a pleasure. I hope to see you again before you leave. Just If you stop by the swap meet, say hi. So I will probably see you Saturday, and if I don't, well... I'll see you again online. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And sometime, if you're having a, a Zoom meeting with uh, with friends, you can invite me to come. Yeah, I, I can come from Davis. Okay, sounds good. Last, not last year, but the year before that, when everything was shut down, Jim and I decided that. Well, normally we would on Thanksgiving we would invite our our friends who are single and have no you know, families or anything, or some of the students that are foreign students and they can't get home for Thanksgiving. And so we'd have, you know, a few people over, maybe six or seven or something, and we'd have a Thanksgiving dinner. And we had a good time. Yeah. we couldn't do that. So this time what I did is I said, all right, I'm going to announce a Zoom meeting. It's a drop-in. Anybody can come over on, on Thanksgiving, and we'll set up a bunch of cameras in different places. There's one in the kitchen and one in the living room, and you know, my main. And uh, people can just drop in and visit, and they can That's visit awesome. with each other or whatever. It was so nice. It was so much fun. Uh, maybe I'll join you for Thanksgiving. <laughs> Bye-bye. Good to talk to you. Good to talk to you. Bye.